Hey everybody, what is going on here on a beautiful Wednesday night, Swoop Radio with Josh Sanchez. Before I get started with today's show, again, just like my promo said before the show, um, you can check me out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and all over the social media platforms. All you have to do is search Swoop Radio with Josh Sanchez and even the Behavior Vortex as well. So the, the, those, those are the two podcasts that I do outside. Um, the recap of this show, just in case if you missed it, will be out tomorrow at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. It'll recap everything. I know I just started with Wednesday, but everyone's going to just listen and tune in. But anyway, what we're going to start today's show with, obviously, we got to do a quick little recap of Week 1 because... Swoop Radio picked five games last week. I picked the Eagles over the Redskins. I picked the Vikings over the Atlanta Falcons. I picked the Cowboys over the Giants. I picked the Titans over the Browns. And then obviously I picked the Bears over the Green Bay Packers. But let's see how Swoop Radio did last week. Obviously, we're going to start with the Thursday night game. The Green Bay Packers did defeat the Chicago Bears 10-3. Um, Aaron Rodgers threw for over 200 yards. Mitchell Trubisky was awful from start to finish. Got to give that Packers defense some credit. So the first game that I predicted, I did get wrong. I'm going to acknowledge that. I was not perfect this week. Almost was, but was not perfect. The next game, the surprise, one of the most surprises of the game because uh, of the week because everyone was talking about how this Cleveland Browns team is legit. And how these guys are just dogs. Obviously, they have Odell Beckham. They have Jarvis Landry. They have so many weapons. They have Nick Chubb. And then they have... Um, and then they also have that tight end, Najeku, who also scored a touchdown. But the Tennessee Titans, they not only just defeated the Cleveland Browns. They demolished them. They won 43-13. So now Swoop Radio is 1-1 one one in Week 1. The third game Swoop Radio picked was the Vikings over the Atlanta Falcons. And I'm going to talk about the Atlanta Falcons a little bit later on Swoop Radio with Josh Sanchez, obviously, when we get to week two. But the Minnesota Vikings defeated the Atlanta Falcons 28-12. And honestly, those 12 points were in garbage time in the fourth quarter. The Vikings were up 28-0 through three. And Matt Ryan in that Atlanta offense really struggled. And it shows you, and it shows you guys, if you guys play hard-nosed defense, it doesn't matter what type of weapons you have on the outside. Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley each scored a touchdown for the Falcons late in the game. But when the team needed them most, they did not show up during uh, in the beginning of the game. So we expect the Falcons to have a really good week this week. The next game. So right now, Swoop Radio is 2-1 this week out of five total picks. The next game, I picked the Cowboys to steamroll the Giants. Everyone knew this was going to happen. This was a pretty easy pick. I'm going to always pick the Giants, Eagles, and maybe Redskins games. I, I don't really like the Reds. I mean, I don't like the Redskins name as a team. Obviously, people understand why the Washington Redskins have a very controversial team name. So I don't know if I'm going to put the Redskins on there, but... For now, I'm going to do Eagles and Cowboys games each week. But the Cowboys steamrolled the New York Giants. Dak Prescott threw for over 400 yards, 35 to 17. And I mean, what you expected is what you got from each each squad, honestly. Uh, 
the Giants, what do they have to offer right now? They have Saquon. He had a great game, over 100 yards. Um, but Eli Manning's your quarterback, and who's on your defense? Exactly. So the Cowboys won that one. So now Swoop Radio is 3-1, and one, and obviously the last game and the game we're going to talk about most because we are in the Philadelphia area, your Philadelphia Eagles defeating the Minnesota Vikings. No, no, defeating the Washington Redskins. My fault, guys. I was getting way ahead of myself. The Philadelphia Eagles defeating the Washington Redskins 32-27. And that last touchdown, if you were betting that game, you were sweating your pants because literally the the Redskins had the ball at, at the Eagles goal line with about 10 seconds left. And the Eagles were, the Eagles started off as nine and a half point favorites, but they ended up jumping to 11 and a half before, before, uh, before kickoff. And the Eagles were up 12 with 10 seconds left and Washington scored a last second touchdown. And if you bet that game, you're probably screaming like 50 F bombs and, you're probably not happy because the Eagles did not cover like I said they won't they they were not going to last week. Uh Washington they jumped to a 17 nothing lead and the Eagles they looked very rusty on defense and on offense. You can blame that to Carson Wentz not playing in the preseason. But I mean Carson Wentz in the second half was absolutely sensational and Deshaun Jackson saved that game for the Eagles. He had eight catches for 154 yards and two touchdowns. Welcome back to Philadelphia. And obviously, I don't want to brag or anything, but I did pick, I did draft Deshaun Jackson on my fantasy team in the 12th round. So Deshaun Jackson, welcome back to Philadelphia. But that was the biggest takeaway of the game was Deshaun Jackson's vertical ability and the way how he can stretch out the defense. The Eagles also ran the football very well. They need to give Jordan Howard the ball more, though, next week. Darren Sproles had way too many touches. I know Doug Peterson said in his uh, post-game press conference on Tuesday or Monday that uh, it was just a comfort thing, and he's and he wants to give Darren Sproles touches early in the season, and eventually he's going to lead to he's going to lean towards Howard and Sanders because Sanders had a nice touchdown run, but it got negated back off of a holding call that was kind of bogus. Josh Norman kind of sold it a little bit. But the Philadelphia Eagles, their defense has a lot of holes. Malik Jackson is officially out for the season. For all my Eagles fans that do not know who Malik Jackson is, he is um, the Eagles defensive tackle that, that, that lines across from Fletcher Cox. The reason why Fletcher Cox is not getting double teamed, well, now he's going to get double teamed, was because Malik Jackson was on the other side. And when you have those two studs at defensive tackle, you're not going to run on any, not going to run at all against this Eagles front line. But now that Malik Jackson is hurt, I know the Eagles just signed a guy to add depth, but this puts more pressure now on Derek Barnett and Brandon Graham on the ends. These two guys are going to really have to put pressure and hit the quarterback. Because I mean, Brandon Graham, he's a good solid pass rusher, but he's not going to give you that 15 sacks. He's not going to give you that constant pressure. Uh, same with Fletcher Cox. Fletcher Cox is in the middle. He's going to get double teamed a lot. But what Fletcher Cox does is he just gets in your face. He gets in the quarterback's face, and that's what he needs to do. But in the first half, you really saw you really saw this Eagles team struggle with pressuring the quarterback. Case Keenum threw for over 380 yards in the game. And this is Case Keenum. What about Matt Ryan next week in Sunday Night Football? 
where he's going to have guys. He's going to have Julio. He's going to have Calvin Ridley. He's going to have Sanu. He's going to have Hooper. He's going to have Freeman. He's going to have all these weapons versus an Eagles secondary that got exposed. Rasul Douglas got burnt by a rookie, by a rookie wide receiver for 70 yards. So this is week one, even though the Eagles offense looked really well. Carson Wentz threw for over 300 yards and three touchdowns. All that talk about Carson Wentz not showing up. The key, the key of the game for the Eagles, I'll get to it in a little bit. I want to talk about the negatives first. But like it was just so concerning to see this defense apply no pressure to Case Keenum. None. And obviously what Jim Schwartz did in the second half, he did very well. He did a very good job in the second half. He he because sw- uh, the Washington Redskins, they were doing max protect in the first half. And for those who don't know what max protect is, max protect is when you keep your running back in the pocket and you also keep your tight end in the pocket to block the extra blockers. Because what the Eagles like to do is the Eagles only rush four and they drop back eight and they let their corner sit back 10 yards deep. So it's just a dink and dump type of type of offense the Eagles give up. The Eagles constantly are scared to get burnt off the ball. So they're so they play 10 yards off. And did that really help in the first half? Not really. I mean, they gave up a 45-yard touchdown to Vernon Davis, who's 38 years old, even though he had a great great his grandfather died it was a great celebration for him but you got to tackle better than that he broke three tackles and hurdled a guy like come on come on Eagles you got you got a hit um and then obviously the 70 yard bomb for a touchdown uh to the rookie wide receiver from Washington I will look up his name and give you guys a update later but he he really showed some good speed I know he ran a 4-3 in the combine so big shout out to him but who, like, who is he? He's no name. Like, the Eagles' defense of secondary has to be better, and their line, now that, now that Malik Jackson is hurt, they could, the, the other guys are going to have to step up. Now, Derek Barnett had a really good, solid game uh, on, the, on the end. Now, he was flagged for an offsides penalty early, but other than that, um, he, was, he had a great game, and he's going to need to continue to do that for the Eagles' defensive line because now that we let Clowney even though he voiced his opinion on how he wanted to come to Philadelphia so badly, we let him go to the Seahawks. So now our defensive line is going to have to apply pressure because this secondary, they have a lot of okay corners. They don't have that one great corner in the secondary. And you saw that last week. The Eagles got burnt a lot and really struggled during the game. So, but obviously now moving on to week two. And moving on next before, but but what I'm going to end this first topic with before we go to um, a music break, and we're going to put on some nice tunes and some nice, some nice information for you guys coming up. But this, this Eagles team, they should, I, I, I think they ended up dominating the game and they ended up playing a good solid game. If I were to give the Eagles an overall grade for the week, I'll give their offense, the first half, they were awful, other than Deshaun Jackson's catch. First half, I'll give the Eagles offense a D. Second half, I give, them an, give it an A. Because here's the positives of the game. I, I, ta- I started with the negatives. Now I'm going to end this topic with the positives. If you guys watched that fourth quarter of the Eagles game, Carson Wentz looked so mobile outside the pocket. The way how he was moving in and out of the pocket, Third down and 16, 17-yard catch to Zach Ertz. 
Third down and 11, 12-yard catch to Alshon Jeffrey. And what Carson Wentz shows you guys is that athleticism to extend the play, get outside the, con uh, the, the, the pocket. The Eagles' offensive line was absolutely sensational week one. Absolutely sensational. Carson Wentz was sacked only one time the whole game. The Eagles' running attack was there all game. Doug Peterson in the play calling was very questionable. I'm not going to lie. Very, very, very questionable in that first half. Like, why would you throw a backwards lateral screen? I don't know. But, but that Eagles offensive line has five, pretty much five solid all pros. And then you have Jason Peters just coming into the mix. This, this Eagles offensive line is scary, scary good. And the way how, and they're just going to dominate opponents. This Atlanta Falcons defense next week is going to get bamboozled on the ground. They have a bunch of small guys, small speedy guys, but this Eagles offensive line is big, fast, and strong. But Carson Wentz's mobility in that fourth quarter and extending the drives, extending the plays, that's why Washington didn't touch the ball that much at all in the fourth quarter. And that, and that touchdown, go for two, and that field goal really put the icing on the cake. And the Eagles really showed, can really showed us that they can put teams away once they have leads in the fourth quarter, especially with Wentz moving outside the pocket. But you guys are listening to Swoop Radio with Josh Sanchez on 89.1 WYBF FM Cavalier Radio. If you guys agree or disagree with anything I have to say, feel free to voice your opinion. And you can either message me on my Anchor app or you can call into the station as well. I am all ears and I'm ready to answer phone calls or whoever else wants to come on the show. Um, also, once this podcast, once this show comes on my podcast on Thursday, I'm going to provide a link so you guys can also schedule interviews as well with me and we can talk either about sports or about mental health because later we're going to have a lot to talk about. But transitioning into the next topic before we take this break, Antonio Brown did what? What did he do? Find out what Antonio Brown did in a little bit. But you're listening to Swoop Radio with Josh Sanchez on 89.1 WYBF-FM Cavalier Radio. And Swoop Radio is back. Hope you guys enjoyed Drake and also you enjoyed uh, some other music as well as the PSA and stuff like that. But now Swoop Radio is back. Earlier, I before I wrapped up the first topic, I said Antonio Brown did what? Well, for, thank you for, for you guys being very patient. So here we're going to talk about what Antonio Brown did here on Swoop Radio. So obviously we all know Antonio Brown was acquired from the Pittsburgh Steelers to the Oakland Raiders and was supposed to <clears throat> he was supposed to play for the for the Oakland Raiders but honestly let's be honest like he didn't really <laughs> he didn't really want to play for the Oakland Raiders he didn't like no one was going to say that off record but he started posting a lot of social media antics and he started to um post all the fines that he was getting for not playing and and he was telling the teammates that he was going to play and then last minute he would back out um, so it was just a big mess. Antonio Brown just did not want to be there. Uh, the Raiders did get a third and fifth round pick for him. Um, and the Patriots also offered um, the Pittsburgh Steelers a first round pick 
but the Steelers obviously do not want to ship their star receiver, their star receiver, to the <laughs> to their rival, obviously. So Antonio Brown goes all the way around, and now he ends up getting cut by the Oakland Raiders a couple weeks ago. And now I'm chilling in there in the weekend, and I'm relaxing. And I find out the news that Antonio Brown joined the Patriots. This man, Antonio Brown, just pulled a whole Kevin Durant. I don't care what anyone has to say to that. He pulled a whole Kevin Durant. He said, I'm going to take my talents to the New England Patriots, pretty much the Golden State Warriors equivalent in football. And he agreed to a one-year deal up to $15 million guaranteed and a $9 million signing bonus. So he gets 10, my fault, he gets $10 million guaranteed, gets a $9 million signing bonus and $5 million in incentives. So now Antonio Brown joins the Patriots roster that already has Julian Edelman, has to go in Tom Brady, a six-time champion. And of course, they take on a crappy Dolphins team this week that everyone wants to leave Miami. Everyone wants to, everyone wants to leave Miami. Um, <laughs> and and it's, it's funny because literally they play one game. They literally play one game and everyone's like, I'm done because Lamar Jackson just completely annihilated just completely annihilated the Dolphins. The Dolphins gave up. The Dolphins gave up 50 over 59. They gave up 59 points last week. So, uh, and I uh, and just want to give you guys a quick little announcement to all my social media listeners out there. I am on Instagram live currently trying to figure out how I'm going to place my phone. But if you guys have any questions about Antonio Brown and more, I'm right here. Great place live on Instagram. But anyway, on a side note, Antonio Brown signed a deal with the New England Patriots. One year, $15 million total money. Uh, he was ready to leave. Um, obviously, the Oakland Raiders played great without him week one. They defeated the Denver Broncos 24-16 and really dominated uh, the Denver Broncos as well. But man, Antonio Brown to the Patriots, he pulled a whole Kevin Durant. Because I'm, I'm going I'm to lay the numbers real quick about Antonio Brown. And since 2011, Antonio Brown has had over 435 receptions, which ranks first in the NFL. He has over 33, he has 33 reception touchdowns. That is first in the NFL. 204 receptions, 435 targets, my fault. 204 receptions, that's first in the NFL. All three of those rank first in the NFL. In terms of reception percentage, he ranks fourth in the NFL with 46.9%. So the fact that the fact that Antonio Brown joins the GOAT in Tom Brady at quarterback, and, he, and the fact that he leads the NFL in all these categories since 2011, come on, A.B., you're better than that. I, I, and, and, and another side note, and this is quote to ESPN, so my people listening... Uh, my, my, my people, my people listening to this show, he also was, um, he, uh, someone came out and said that he sexually assaulted his trainer. So now AB is just all over the news. He's all over the place and he is the modern day TO. Like if you want to go back a decade, Terrell Owens was Terrell Owens and Randy Moss and everyone was constantly in the news, constantly complaining, beefing with teams. But in terms of talent, Antonio Brown is going to be a great fit for the uh, New England Patriots. Uh, my boy Wiso, shout out to Wiso real quick. He said that uh, he he, uh, he asked me the question: Should I start Aaron Rodgers or Jared Goff? Uh, Aaron Rodgers takes on a tough Vikings defense this week. I would go Jared Goff only because 
Uh, the Rams, they had an awful week one. I would I would give Jared Jared Goff the start. I think they're going to bounce back and have a great week two. Uh, the, that was a great question for Wisa real quick as I'm answering my live questions. But man, AB to the Patriots, obviously not a big fan of it. Can't stand it. Now the Patriots Super Bowl odds, they went from obviously four to one. Now they're three to two. So the Patriots are pretty much uh, your top front runners for Super Bowl 53. Um, and, and the Chiefs are second in odds with six to one. Patrick Mahomes, obviously another gunslinger quarterback. He looked like he did not miss a step at all last week. But Antonio Brown to the Browns. What, uh, to the Browns, not to the Browns. Antonio Brown to the Patriots. He just shook the NFL. He pulled a whole Kevin Durant. If there's a quote that I want you guys to pull today is, and anytime we so, give a quick little shout out to you as well. We so was on 80, was a former Cavalier radio, um, radio host. But yeah, Jared Goff, definitely start Jared Goff. But Antonio Brown, four-time All-Pro, has led the NFL in receptions, touchdowns, and, and targets since 2011. Joins now the gunslinger in Tom Brady and the New England Patriots. What do you guys think and feel? Feel free to comment on my Instagram live and also check me out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. All you have to do is search Scoop Radio with Josh Sanchez. But we will be right back. We're going to transition to the big topic of today, which is week two. What is what is Swoop Radio's picks and what team should I bet on? But you're listening to Swoop Radio with Josh Sanchez. On- and Swoop Radio is back. I hope you guys uh, enjoyed that quick little Antonio Brown segment. I had to shout out Antonio Brown as well because he's been all over the news. The Raiders did good without him. Pittsburgh really struggled without him week one. And now he joins the New England Patriots. But now we're going into transition to the big topic of today. These next two topics are going to be very big ones. For my baseball fans out there, it's the MLB postseason coming up. So that'll be a little teaser for my next topic. So I hope you guys stick around for that. But just checking the live real quick before we get started. Uh, my, my boy Brian that graduated Cabrini a couple uh, last year. He's down in North Carolina. He says, should I start Tom Brady or Deshaun Watson this week? Man, that's tough because Deshaun Watson had a great week one. He threw for four touchdowns. He also, uh, you know, he threw for three. He ran for one, my fault. had four combined touchdowns. But I would start Tom Brady in this one. Antonio Brown comes back, and he's joining the Patriots. And they're taking on the Miami Dolphins. And everyone knows the Miami Dolphins are a joke of a football team right now. No one wants to play. Um, so I, I will pick the, I would Tom Brady. So I would choose, I would choose Tom Brady, uh, Brian, as I'll type that to you, since you cannot hear me on Instagram live, that should, that should be fixed. That's an Instagram problem, but I would definitely start Tom Brady this week. The Atlanta, the Miami Dolphins gave up 59 points to Lamar Jackson. Just imagine what Tom Brady's going to do down there. Um, but anyway, Swoop Radio with Josh Sanchez is coming back. And now we're going to talk about week two of the NFL and who should Swoop Radio start and who should Swoop Radio pick for week two. So we are going to start with the first game, the Dallas Cowboys and the Washington Redskins. The game is in Washington. And the last time these two teams played in Washington, Dallas won 31 to 23. And Dallas is coming off of a very solid and very impressive 
very impressive uh, week one uh, victory. Um, for those who do not know, Dallas, Dallas, Dallas has been, um, Dallas had a great week one with Dak Prescott and, and Ezekiel Elliott. They had a great start to the season. But now, Washington's coming off of a very struggle and, and, a, and, and an iffy, pretty much an iffy uh, week one against the Philadelphia Eagles. They had some highs and they also had some lows. But I got Dallas winning this game. I think Dallas going to win by more than a touchdown. I got Dallas winning 30-20. to 20. I think Dak Prescott remains hot week one. And I think the Cowboys roll to 2-0. They have a very easy start to this very easy start to this to the season if you want my honest opinion but um that's who i got for the dallas cowboys the next game i have the seahawks and the steelers the seahawks just barely squeaking by this at the cincinnati Bengals, and the steelers coming off of an awful i mean dreadful performance week one they lost 33 to 3 to the new england patriots i have the pittsburgh steelers this game um, I have the Pittsburgh Steelers defeating the Seattle Seahawks in this game. I think they're going to bounce back and win well. I think Juju's going to have a couple touchdowns for the Steelers. I, I think the Steelers are going to win 28-20. to 20. I think Russell Wilson in that offense, they're a very run-heavy offense. And I think the Steelers' defense bounce backs, bounce, bounces back and shows everyone why they're so dominant. But my boy Brian said Dallas 30-27 to 27 in overtime. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't see it. I don't know if the Redskins are that good. I think the Redskins are a good. They're an okay team, but I, I, I just think Dallas is going to steamroll thirty to twenty at least, at least by ten points. Um, and that's me being nice. And that's me giving Washington, that's me giving Washington two touchdowns and two field goals. So those are four nice drives right there. But I have so far, I have the Steelers beating the Seahawks twenty-eight to twenty, and I have the Cowboys beating the Redskins. 30 to 20. The next game I have on my list is the Saints and the Rams. Wow. Sunday night football showtime. Oh no, not Sunday night football. The Eagles are on Sunday night. Duh, my bad. My bad to all my Eagles fans listening. America's game of the week. Seattle, not Seattle, the New Orleans Saints take on a revenge game against the Los Angeles Rams. The last time these two teams played Oh man, it was that famous pass interference no call and the Rams ended up going to this going to the big game. I cannot say Super Bowl on <laughs> on the radio. And obviously, the you have two of the best teams in the NFC going up against each other, stride for stride. The Rams, the Saints won the regular season matchup 45 to 35, but the Rams got the revenge obviously in that famous NFC title game because of that game now pass interference calls are now they can now be reviewable so thank you to that missed call you're now changing the whole aspect of the NFL but the New Orleans Saints have a the New Orleans Saints they looked okay against the Texans honestly in that game the the Saints should have lost that game they got so lucky that the Houston Texans just don't know how to play defense when it matters most and Deshaun Watson, you got to give him all his props. He got nailed and threw an absolute dime. 55 seconds, no timeouts, and they score 75. They get 75 yards in 10 seconds, two plays. This Saints defense gives up way too many big plays, but also they have that revenge game, and I think they're going to come back. They're going to come with a lot of swagger. 
I got the Saints defeating the Los Angeles Rams in this game. I think both teams are going to put up some points. I got the Saints winning 35-31. to 31. I think Drew Brees, Drew Brees leads a fourth quarter comeback. And I and I just I just think that the Saints are gonna get their revenge this week. And I can't I hate it because I cannot stand Sean Payton for the for all my listeners that know me. I cannot stand Sean Payton. I I I hate him more than I hate Bill Belichick. And that's saying that's saying something. I cannot stand. I just can't stand Sean Payton. Like him and that stupid quarterback, that Hill guy, like like he's a quarterback and he's out here. He has a receiver. Sean Payton's just trying trying to prove everyone that he knows something that no other no, no one else knows. And that's why I just can't stand Sean Payton. But I got the Saints winning 35 to 31. So so far, here's my game so far. I have the Dallas Cowboys defeating the Washington Redskins 30 to 20. I have the Steelers beating the Seahawks 28 to 20, and I have the Saints defeating the Rams 35 to 31. The next game I have, the fourth game, Vikings and Packers, classic showdown between two rivals. I went against the Packers last week. I did against the Bears. And I know that the Packers are home. And the Vikings had a really good solid week one. I got the Minnesota Vikings beating the Packers in this game. I don't see the green I don't see the Packers going 2-0 to start the season. I I think it's gonna be a close game. Rodgers is definitely gonna give the Packers at least 24, 25 points against that Vikings defense. But I think Kirk Cousins does enough, and I think the Minnesota Vikings go in the Lambeau field, and I think they defeat the Green Bay Packers. I'm going to go 30 to 20 to 26. I think that, that that Packers defense is not as good as it was against the Bears, and I think that the Vikings will exploit that. Adam Thielen will get a couple touchdowns. But I got the Vikings defeating the Packers 30-26. to And my last game, before I get off of Instagram Live, because my battery is running low, I got the Philadelphia Eagles and the Atlanta Falcons classic showdown between two teams. The Eagles have won the past couple matchups against the Atlanta Falcons, including week one of last year. The Eagles secondary has their problems, but I think offensively they'll be able to run the football, pound it down Atlanta's throat, and then hit them with deep balls with Deshaun Jackson, Alshon Jeffrey on the side, and Zach Ertz in the middle. I got the Eagles defeating the Atlanta Falcons and moving to 2-0 for the season. I got them winning 35. No, not even 35. I got them winning 38-31. It's going to be a shootout on Sunday Night Football. Just expect Deshaun Jackson to score two touchdowns again. Expect Carson Wentz to throw for 350 yards and have another solid game. So to recap all of my picks, I have the Eagles beating the Falcons 38-31. I have the Vikings beating the Packers 30-26. I have the Saints beating the Rams 35-31. I have the Steelers beating the Seahawks 28-20. And I have the Cowboys beating the Redskins 30-20. Whether or not you guys agree or disagree, feel free to voice your opinion and check out Swoop Radio on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and on the Anchor app as well. If you guys agree or disagree, check out my live on Instagram and also message me with Anchor messages. But I'm getting off live as I, as I, as I say goodbye to my Instagram people online. And that was a lot of fun. I had a lot of revenue on that. I'm going to easily share that story. So if you guys want to check out that, you guys can. But 
those are my five picks for week two of the NFL. Last week, again, I went five and one. So not to brag or anything. I, I feel like I've been talking way too much. So I expect a decline this week. So just updating the standing so far, Swoop Radio is four and one in his picks. But now in terms of games to bet on, I already I told you guys these next two topics are going to be very big subjects. But some games to bet on this week. You have the as I'm looking down the spreads. As I'm looking, looking, looking down the spreads, the Tennessee Titans are only a three-point favorite against the Indianapolis Colts. I would definitely look at that game. I would either take Indianapolis or the Titans. I would probably take the Colts because they're plus three. The Titans, they had a great game against the Browns, but I don't see them repeating their performance. I think that the game's going to be very close, and I think it's going to come down to a field goal. And obviously, if it's only three points, the Colts will end up covering. So I would take the Colts this week. The New England Patriots are minus 19 against the Dolphins. That's an easy bet. I'm taking the Patriots easily. Antonio Brown is coming to New England, and they put up 33 last week. I know Brady has his struggles in Miami, but Miami's awful. They don't they don't have anybody to play. They, they, they have guys that don't want to play, and they already stink. So it's a full rebuild in Miami. So take the, take the Patriots in this one. Next, the Dallas Cowboys, Washington Redskins. Dallas is only a five and a half point favorite. I would take Dallas to defeat the Washington Redskins, and I think more than five and a half points. I got to give that Cowboys team some credit. They're a good, solid football team, and you will see that against the Redskins in week two. I think Washington will put up a good, solid fight, but I got Dallas covering. I think Dallas wins by at least a touchdown in that game. Another game to look at as I'm going down these spreads, I would honestly, I would take Arizona, and I may sound crazy, but I would take Arizona to, to cover those 13 points. I think that the Ravens, they had a great week one, don't get me wrong, but I think that week two, they're going to get humped, they're going to be humbled a little bit, they're going to get humbled. I think the Ravens will still win the game, and I think they'll win by at least a touchdown. But in terms of a 59 to 10 score again, I don't see that happening. I think the Cardinals will keep it close. And and I got the Cardinals covering the game. I they are 13 point underdogs. I think that they will take that. They will use that as motivation. Kyle Murray looked really good in the second half of that game. So why not? So I, I would take the Arizona Cardinals in that game. And the last game for you guys to think about and to bet on. Man. This game is pretty much a pick 'em, but I would take the Saints over the Rams. The Saints are two and a half point underdogs. I would take the Saints in that game. I'm telling you, the Saints are going to get their revenge and they're going to defeat the Los Angeles Rams. But what do you guys think? I know Swoop Radio hit you with a lot. I hit you with a lot of week two picks, and I also hit you guys with some betting picks. Whether or not you guys agree or disagree, feel free to call into the station and voice your opinion as well. Whether you guys agree or disagree, I'm all ears. And if you guys want to come on a podcast or or be interviewed beforehand and get on this radio show, uh, I will provide a link of my Square site. And I hope you and I hope to see you guys come on the podcast. But we're. And Swoop Radio is back. I hope you guys enjoyed the hot girl summer. 
so I know I did. Um, I know I know that was a trend uh, all summer long. Uh, Hot girl summer for those who do not know what that is. It's pretty much like women just being out here and just living their best lives, man. There's nothing wrong as a as a man the, loving that. I love I love to see women. Like one one of the things I love in a woman is if she's strong, independent, has her own path, has her own. She don't need nobody. Like we're together just because we want to be, not because we have to be. So. Big shout out to all them women out there that are constantly grinding, constantly taking care of children and just being them best selves. But anyway, just a quick little side note there. But now we're going to talk about baseball, obviously, because we have about, let's see here, it's, it's September 11th and big, um, like later I'll, I'm going to give a moment of silence, obviously, to 9-11 because that is very, very dramatic. That's very, uh, like just... De- detrimental, one of the worst um, terroristic attacks ever in the United States. But anyway, um, baseball, we have about like a month or less than a month left. We're down to the final weeks of the MLB season. And all I can say is hold your horses because in the American League and in the National League, we have a lot of teams still in it. Uh, but obviously, I'm going to do a little bit of Phillies as well because your Philadelphia Phillies have a very tough stretch ahead of them ahead of them which is why like they're losing to the to the marlins and stuff early is really gonna hurt them during this stretch but right now we're gonna start with the american league and i'm doing the wild card in the postseason stretch obviously we know that the new york yankees um houston astros and the minnesota twins are just rolling right now in all their divisions even though i know cleveland and Minnesota are closer than all the others, but errors that the Astros and the New York Yankees are just killing everybody this year. So those two, those two are those those two are just fighting to get the number one seed overall. But in the wild card, you have the Tampa Bay Rays leading everyone by a game, game and a half. They're they're sitting at 87 and 59. Uh, they've scored over 688 runs and they've only allowed 561 runs allowed which is why they are one of the best and have won nine straight or six straight, my fault, nine of their last 10. And despite having no fan support whatsoever, because you want to talk about one of the worst fan bases, <laughs> the Rays only had 927 people show up to a game a couple seasons ago. But your Tampa Bay Rays are 87 and 59 and have an excellent pitching staff from top to bottom. Next, you have the Oakland Athletics that are sitting there a game and a half behind the Rays for the first spot and only a half a game ahead of the Indians, of the Cleveland Indians. They're 85 and 60. They have their offense. They're led more by their offense. Uh, the Athletics have, have scored over 760 runs this season and have allowed only 628. So that just shows you how good of a pitching staff and all-around team the athletic had the athletics have but they're gonna have, they're gonna have they're gonna have some they're gonna have a tough schedule ahead of them um and then obviously the third team is the cleveland indians they are 85 and 61 they are a half game back from the second wild card spot and just like the rays they're led off their pitching they've only scored they scored 693 runs this season which is a lot but they've only allowed 581, which ranks second best in the, in, in the AL. It goes Rays, then Indians. That shows you something right there. Well, it goes Astros, Rays, Indians. 
but yeah, I'm not talking about the three divisional, the three division winners or leaders so far. And then you have the Boston Sox sitting there, nine games back, 76 and 69. It looks like they're going to be the odd men out of this one. They've they've won they've won three of their last ten. They've lost four straight. I mean, they're they're your defending World Series champions. Uh, now, if they're in the NL, they would be literally a game. <laughs> they would be two games behind the Cubs. They would be like right around where the Phillies are in the NL. So that just shows you how much of a joke the NL is compared to the AL. It, it's just not fair. Uh, but it looks like the Red Sox are going to be the, are definitely going to be the outsides looking like outside looking in. And the, it's a little late. It's going to be a three-team race between the Indians, Athletics, and Rays all competing for that wild card spot. In the National League, you have the Washington Nationals sitting there at 79 and 64. They are two and a half games ahead of the Cubs and three and a half from the the Brewers and four and a half from the Phillies, but they also have a tough five-game series. That's pretty much going to be the Phillies postseason right there. Those five games against the Washington Redskins, they have a doubleheader and then they play four. So that if the Phillies can win all five, which I just don't see happening at this Phillies team, I'll get to the Phillies in a little bit. But anyway, you have the Washington Nationals sitting there at 79 and 64. Uh, they, their run scored, they've scored over 765 runs, which is one of the best in the NL. They have a high-powered offense, but they've only won four of their last 10 games. And, they, and, and it's been really tight. This this race in the NL is going to be very tight. The Cubs are 77 and 67. It's dominant at home, 47 and 24 at home. But they struggle on the road, 30 and 43. And if they get that second wild card spot, they're gonna they might struggle. They might they might be the one team that's just out. But the Cubs are the Cubs have a game. They're a game up from the Brewers. The Brewers two up from the Phillies, two and a half from the D-backs, and three from the Mets. But the, but the Cubs are your second wild card team. Then you have the Milwaukee Brewers. They are 76 and 68, but they just lost their star in Christian Yelich. He is out for the season. He bro, he fractured his kneecap, and that is a tough blow. As a Phillies fan, I'm like, our season has been a joke from start to finish, and we even get another break now that Christian Yelich is out for the season for those who do not know who he is he is batting over 300 and has he won the he won the mvp last year the nl mvp and he was on and him and cody bellinger from the dodgers because i'm going to get to awards next him and cody bellinger are the top two candidates right now for nl mvp they have been absolutely sensational but it's it's just a shame it's it's a shame that an injury has to happen now because the brewers are only a game out and, and they have that stud at, 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 in Christian Yelich. The fact that they're gonna they're gonna miss him dearly. You have the Phillies. They're 75 and 69, despite their season being such a joke. They have allowed more runs than they have scored. They've scored 705 runs, but allowed 710. But they're still only two games out. This is just insane. Then you have the Diamondbacks, 75 and 70, they're two and a half out. The Mets, 74 and 70, they're three games out. Giants are 70 and 75, and they're seven and a half games out. So the NL looks like you have a one, two, three, four, five. You have a six-team race for the wild card, and it's all hands on deck. 
because uh, obviously the Phillies they take on they they take on the Nationals for five games. I know the Phillies also have the Red Sox and the Indians to play against, but they take on the Washington Nationals for five games. They can win all five. Wow, watch out. But just to give some perspective here, in terms of the playoff odds for today, you're giving the Yankees 100% chance to make the playoffs the postseason. Red Sox, zero. Rays, 80, 83%. Um, the Twins, 99%. They have a five-game lead over the Indians. Uh, the Astros, obviously, 100%. Athletics, 69%. Indians, 49, 47%. And then that wraps up everyone from the AL. The NL, you're giving the Nationals a 94% chance to make the postseason. You're giving the Mets 13, and they're giving the Phillies 5% chance to make the postseason. And obviously, the Braves are just steamrolling that division. They're nine and a half ahead of everybody. They're projecting the Phillies to win. This is according to playoff odd fan graphs baseball. Baseball is so analytical now, it's crazy. But they're projecting the Phillies to win 83 games and miss the postseason. So, that's the odds for that. And I want to know how you guys feel about that. Because this Phillies, this Phillies team, sorry I had to stretch a little bit. This Phillies team has been very disappointing uh, in terms of their bullpen. They have no bullpen. They're... They have no bullpen. They signed a guy in Bryce Harper. He's shown up, and I don't care what anyone has to say about Bryce Harper. He is the first Philly to score to, to deliver more than 100 RBI in the season since Ryan Howard in 2011. So Bryce Harper came. He's hit over 30 home runs. He has 31. He has over 100 RBI. Bryce Harper came, and he showed up. But the rest of the team, Aaron Nola has been awful this year. He very big steps back. He, he's lost his past two starts when his team needs him. He's 12 and 5. Gabe Kapler, I cannot stand Gabe Kapler. He's so analytical. He ha- he doesn't have the locker room. There's been incident there's been incidences with Cesar Hernandez. He didn't know that he was going to be benched because he wasn't hustling. He ha- yes, he rides his guides, but the, the Sean Rodriguez voices opinion about the Philly fans and stuff like that. I know this was like earlier in the month, but the Phillies just from start to finish have just been disappointing. And we just expected more. We expected them to win a division, but they could—they don't—they just don't compare to the Atlanta Braves. The Atlanta Braves are just on another level, and it sucks to say that, but they just are. So the Phillies are at five—a five percent chance to make the postseason, and Gabe Kapler is definitely going to be back next season because the Phillies are going to improve from last season, and they have a guy in John Middleton, a GM, that completely backs him up. Phillies back organization backs him up. But what gets me is the Phillies have been bad since 2011. They've had top picks from, well, 2012, they were 500. But from 2013 to 2017, this Phillies team has been awful and has had top 10 picks. And they don't have a farm system. Like, what is that? That is pathetic. The fact that you don't have a farm system and you've had the eighth pick, you've had a top five pick, you've had all these picks whoever is managing the scouting department for the Phillies needs to be fired needs to but anyway before we wrap up this topic with Swoop Radio what what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you guys my my predictions who's going to win the Cy Young who's going to win the ML the the MVP 
and the rookie of the year those i'm just going to stick the three awards and then we are going to uh wrap up this segment and we're going to talk about mental health we're going to talk about focus and we're also going to talk about body image so stick around for those two topics that's it you want to talk about ending the show off on a bang watch swoop radio is going to end this show off with a bang but anyway right now with the mlb awards for the Cy Young, I'm gonna start with now. I'm gonna start with Rookie of the Year first. As of right now, your AL Rookie of the Year, and 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 it's it, and it's gonna to be tough. But I have Jordan Alvarez from the Astros. He has had a great season all around. I mean, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. has been really good. He won the um, home run derby. But other than that, there hasn't been like a really like standout rookie. Like, Spencer uh, Turnball has been awful. His record is just garbage. But, like, he's like 4-17. and 17. So, this is pretty much Jordan uh, uh, um, Alvarez's season to lose. Um, he didn't debut until June. But, he, in just 61 games, um, like, he, like, like, he, he's just on another level. Um, in terms of his, in terms of his, um, as I'm comparing him to like Ryan Howard and Will, My- and Will Myers, who each won the Rookie of the Year with just playing 88 games, he's going to end up between 80 and 90 games. But he he is just he's just been on another level, and he's hit over tw- he's hit over 20 home runs, and he's been and he's really just he's just he's just been hitting bombs with that Astros lineup. And the fact that there hasn't been anyone else in the AL that's really stepped up, like. Yeah, it's gonna. It's either gonna be tr- a turnball or Alvarez. I'm taking Alvarez all day. Now for the NL Rookie of the Year, Pete Alonso. Um, obviously, Mike uh, uh, Soroka has been awesome. Like he's had a very good season, and he's gonna be a good contender. And it's gonna be between him and Pete Alonso. But Pete Alonso for the Mets has been sensational. He has the rookie home run record. He beat. He defeated Cody Bellinger's in the NL, and. He kills the Phillies whenever we play them, but it just it just shows you that he is just he's just on another level. He's pretty much pulling like an what Aaron Judge did his rookie year. So Pete Alonso is my rookie is my NL rookie of the year, and um, Alvarez is my AL. Your uh, Jordan Alvarez is my AL rookie of the year. Now I'm going to do the MVP. Uh, obviously for <laughs> AL MVP. It's got to go. It's got to go to Mike Trout. Mike Trout is having his best season in terms of home runs. He's leading all the team. He's leading in war. He has an 8.1 war. And and just to put this in perspective, what war is that is wins above replacement. The next closest baseball player close to Mike Trout is Alex Bregman. And he's at 6.4 war. That is insane. Mike Trout is clearly going to be the MVP. He's he's hitting over he's hitting around 300, almost has almost 50 home runs, over 100 RBI. He just does it on the field. He does it on the plate. He's your 2019 AL MVP, and that'll be his third MVP in his career. The NL MVP. This one is a little bit tougher, but I have to go with Cody Bellinger. He's definitely going to win Most Improved Player. He's going to win an award around there. But Cody Bellinger, he's on the Dodgers team that is the best, the best record in baseball. 
better than the Braves. Um, Be and Bellinger also defensively, he saved 23 defensive runs. And Christian Yelich was going to be in the race, but now that he got hurt, it's going to be Cody Bellinger's race to lose. Some other guys to, for consideration, Anthony Rendon from the Braves. No, from the Nationals, my fault. Ronald Acuna Jr. from the uh, from the Braves. Um, but it's been a, it's been a two man race since April. Uh, Yelich has been amazing, but Bellinger has been great all around. And and what's great and what's crazy is, um, like like Acuna, like like Acuna has is going to get probably forty stolen bases. And, he, and he'll probably achieve a 40-40 season where he hits over 40 home runs and 40 stolen bases. But it, Cody Bellinger has over 40 home runs. He's just been the, he's been the most dominant offensive player all season. So I'm going to have to go with Cody Bellinger for your NL MVP. So pretty much my MVPs, I have Mike Trout, Cody Bellinger. For my rookie of the years, I have Pete Alonzo. And I have Jordan Alvarez. And then to wrap up my awards for the for the, for the year, we're going to talk about Cy Young, and we're going to start in the American League. You have a two-man race between teammates, Garrett Cole and Justin Verlander. Garrett Cole has is has a 16 and five record with 281 strikeouts. Justin Verlander is 18 and five with 264 strikeouts. Man, you have a two-team race. This is just insane. But I'm going to have to go with Justin Verlander is going to win the Cy Young because he has more wins and he has a lower ERA. Cole does have more strikeouts, but you got to give it to Justin Verlander. And he's just father of time. You want to talk about rejuvenalize his career. The second he came back to Houston, he has just been sensational. And some other honorable mention, Aromas Chapman has 36 saves. Uh, Shane Bieber, uh, 14 and 7, 3.71 ERA, 241 strikeouts. Domingo German from New York, 17 and 4. Uh, Eduardo Rodriguez, he's 17 and 6. Like, there's just some honorable mentions, but you know it's going to go to uh, Justin Berlin. In the NL, this one's going, this one is a toss up because you have Steven Strasburg, he's 16 and 6, has a 3.5 ERA. You have Walker. Um, uh, Bueller, he's 13 and three and has a 3.14 ERA and over 200 strikeouts. You have Hinru Jinru, he is 12 and five. He has a by far the lowest ERA in the season, but he doesn't have as many strikeouts. And then obviously Clayton Kershaw, the Los Angeles Dodgers have three people on here. That is just insane in the Cy Young predictor. So my, in my opinion, who I think is going to win? The NL Cy Young. I'm going to have to go with. I'm going to have to go with Steven Strasburg. I think this is his year. He's 16 and six. I think he's going to lower that ERA to about like a three-two, and I think Strasburg is going to end with at least 18 or 19 wins, and I think that'll get him over the hump over Hin Hinjin Ryu and also Walker. I'm going to go with Steven Strasburg as my National League Cy Young. So you guys are listening to Swoop Radio with Josh Sanchez on 89.1 WYBF FM Cavalier Radio. Swoop Radio will also post this full show on my podcast tomorrow, Thursday at 6 o'clock Eastern Time. We're going to take a, a quick, a quick music break. 
And at the top of the hour, we're going to talk mental health. That This last half hour of the show is going to be all mental health. But you're listening to Swoop Radio with Josh Sanchez. We will be right back. So that concludes the second radio show of Swoop Radio with Josh Sanchez. I hope you guys enjoyed Swoop Radio today and be and mental health and all the sports topics. It was a great time. And tune in next week. I, I'm going to give you guys my week two recap, my week three predictions. And as basketball gets closer and closer, I'm definitely going to talk about the USA and France. So... You guys listening to Swoop Radio with Josh Sanchez. Hope you guys have a wonderful day out there. Be safe. And this is Josh signing off.